Do you really know your leadership style? I don't mean strategic versus hands-on or visionary. I'm not asking how you show up and what the results look like. I'm not even asking how you lead your team, but I really want you to think about what your natural leadership strengths are and how you've developed it over time. And then the other side is to not just know your strengths, but what are the challenges that come with your natural personality and how are you going to leverage it to become the best version of yourself and become an effective leader. And if you're already a leader, then how are you continuing to evolve each and every step of the way? Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy coach and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to elevate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream wildly. You're so used to hearing people talk about being a natural born leader and maybe you know that that's your part of your personality trait because you are deemed an extrovert, you're outspoken, you've developed your confidence to be at a certain level that you can show up in person, on camera, whatever it is that makes you the level of success that you are in your business or in your career or just who you are in life because sometimes we're not always always paid for those leadership positions but you might appear to be a natural leader and here's the thing about leadership is that it has nothing to do with your innate qualities it's actually everything to do with how you decide to transform as a leader to cultivate your strengths recognize your weaknesses. And that's what I love about the Enneagram is the Enneagram is a framework for you to gain self-awareness. And that awareness is what makes you a great leader. But I don't just want to talk leadership in general. I want to dive into leadership based on your Enneagram types specifically today. So get ready for this episode because if you're already familiar with the Enneagram, then you probably already know your general strengths and quote unquote weaknesses or areas of opportunity as a person. But I want you to think about it and how you know yourself as a leader as well. And so I'm going to go quickly through the nine types. If you don't already know your Enneagram type, I will drop a link for you to take a free Enneagram test on Truity and learn your Enneagram type. And the one that I'm going to share with you today is specifically for how you show up in business, because I want you to think about how you relate to others in the workplace, especially, you know, especially with COVID, all of us started working remote. But if you're running an online business, then everything you're doing is in the virtual space. And I want you to be mindful about how you're speaking to your clients or customers, how you're talking to your colleagues, whether they are your team members or a business partner. Think about the relationships and how you're speaking and communicating effectively, because that is overall going to determine the experience that people have when working with you and deciding to continue working with you as well. So the first thing I want to talk about 
is knowing your Enneagram type. Go find out. And if you don't know, here's a quick overview. I always say you need to start with the triads. Are you heart-centered, head-centered, or body-centered? So do you, if you're heart-centered, you're leading with your emotions and your feelings will guide the choices and guide your thoughts. If you're head-centered, your thoughts will guide your emotions and your actions. And if you're body-centered, then your actions, you're ready to do first. That's how you naturally lead. It's by your gut instinct. And then your thoughts and feelings get to catch up with you later. You probably know by now I am an Enneagram type 8. We're known as the challengers, but I will tell you that an 8 gets a bad reputation on social media because social media likes to play to the unhealthy version of a lot of these different traits that we have. But it's really important to know the balance between the healthy and the unhealthy versions of your type and where you fall on that spectrum. Because you know what? Different days, different seasons, and different situations, right? You might show up as a really healthy version of yourself at work, but at home, you show up in a very unhealthy um, dynamic, relationship dynamic, or completely the opposite. Or maybe in your community, you show up a certain way compared to how you are when the cameras quote unquote are off as well. So recognizing where you fall into the spectrum of a healthy or unhealthy version of yourself. But let's dive into the Enneagram. So once you know your triad, if your heart, head, or body centered, then you're going to dive into your types. And because the Enneagram goes out of order, I'm also going to go out of order. So we're going to start with type two as the heart centered um, as part of the heart triad, and then we're going to end with type one is to keep all the body triad together. And I am sorry that this does not go in order for all of my perfectionists or my type ones who just want to be first. <laughs> I'm sorry for you, but the type two known as the helper. And so as a leader, they're going to be a very supportive advisor. You're going to think of them as a natural coach or mentor because they want to guide you towards that. And a lot of people talk about servant leadership. This is where the type twos really get to be the best. But type twos are also going to be very hands-on leaders. They're going to get down to the trenches and help their employees, help their team members, help the rest of the group get things done to accomplish the task and to reach the finish line together as well. And actually that servant leadership helps them to gain respect and more people are likely to buy into their vision and to follow wherever it is that they're leading. So there's a lot of wonderful traits about the type twos in leadership is because they have that relationship building at the core of what they're doing. They're very supportive. They're very resourceful. But where type twos can be challenged, and I'm an eight, so I'm going to challenge you, is that you also want to make sure that you have really clear boundaries, really clear expectations and guidelines for what it is you will do or won't do. And be willing to say no. If you get so friendly with your team that the lines get blurred. You also want to make sure that they're still getting their work done, that their responsibilities, the tasks, the, the involvement that you have is also still leading the vision forward as a leader. So finding that balance of being very supportive and advising, again, being a mentor just as much as you are serving and being hands-on with your team. So for type threes, they're naturally achievers. They want to be successful in everything that they do. And it's really great because type threes will always get the job done. Whatever it might be, come hell or high water, a type three is going to make sure that they do cross the finish line, that they do hit the next milestone of what they're doing. 
because at their core, they just want to be successful. They're also really good. And this is where types threes and eights start to kind of see the lines blur of, you know, am I a three or am I an eight is because they will take on the challenge. Um, they will push through the difficult situations and show up as a quote unquote leader because they want to see the results on the other end of it. Here's where you know the difference of a type three versus a type eight, jumping ahead of myself, but type threes really want others to see how successful they are so that they don't have to feel bad about being a failure. A type eight wants, wants to be success successful because they just need to get it done, right? They, they need to get it done, they need to be in control, and as they lead, they will get it um, they will see the results. So type threes are doing it to kind of impress other people where type eights are driven towards more justice or a control mechanism within themselves versus um, impressing other people. So that external versus internal motiva motivation is what you're going to see here. And so my type threes, again, you're really good at setting those expectations about knowing the details of what's going to happen in each and every step of the journey. Your attitude is infectious and everyone wants to buy into that energy. And that's why you're really great at leading. However, you want to be aware, and this is where I'm going to challenge you, is that you want to have the different, know the difference between collaboration and competition because everyone getting to the finish line is more important than just you getting to the finish line and leaving others behind. Another reason that people say eights and threes can kind of get confused is that threes can be a little, uh, let's say, direct when they're stressed out, when they're not seeing the result as quickly as they want to see it. They will get very impatient with others that they're working with, or they'll just overwork, over talk, because they put their value in their results and in the work that they're doing, instead of recognizing that they are already enough, that they are already successful, and that that's what's going to drive the vision forward in the process. And then the next part of my heart triad is the type four. And so they are known as the individualist, sometimes called the romantics, just because they have a very unique outside the box way of getting things done. Working with type fours is always great because they are very, very creative and they take things to the next level with what they're doing. You'll see a lot of singer songwriters, spoken word artists, you know, out there in the creative space, comedians even, that'll be type fours. They have a different way of getting things done. However, the way that they express themselves is always authentic, and right? And that's what we all talk about in the online space. That's what we all talk about in entrepreneurship as it is. I want to see someone who's authentic and going to show me the real them. And fours are naturally authentic. They do not hide. You know, when I was in high school, a four would kind of be stereotyped as the goth person or the emo person because, again, they are heart-centered. They are driven by their emotions and their feelings, but they also never hide it good or bad, they're not going to hold back about what's guiding them in their life. And that helps others, again, buy into the vision that they have as a leader because one, they take it to a deeper, more intimate, more romantic level of what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. And they're always authentic about how they're showing up to get the vision brought across to the finish line. And so that expression helps us to connect with them in a very unique way, which is always a phenomenal thing, right? They have the vision, they have the creativity, they're very connected to what it is they're doing and who they're working with. But the challenge 
is to recognize that you don't want to be seen as over emotional. A lot of people like to pin women in general as overly emotional um, or they're overly emphatic. And so just to go keep it at a baseline, keep it at a version of neutral for yourself so that you don't become overly something because that extra can be seen as fake in comparison to be seen as authentic. Um, and then people with, will withdraw themselves from you in comparison to staying attracted to what makes you unique and different. Now we're moving over to the head triad. And so my fives known as the investigators um, as well. They, they are always thinking about what it is going to do. They have a natural desire to just know more, to learn more. They are really great. A lot of times we think of them as like bookworms, but the truth is they're not always got their head in the book. Sometimes it might be on a blog. They just dig in deep on the research and information, watching YouTube videos, whatever it might be that they're going to get more information. But a lot of times these fives are the thought leaders that we are all following because they do have not just a baseline of knowledge, they have in-depth knowledge as well. And that leadership becomes really, really important because we want to lead someone who actually knows what they're talking about, right? Is a true expert about what they are saying and they have a wealth of knowledge. So it's not just in the moment today I have trendy knowledge, but they're going to have the research, the details, the planning, the logistics, the analysis, the data that's going to make it true. And at the end of the day, numbers never lie. The thing about um, being a five as a leader is that I want to remind you that it's okay to be number one. You don't just have to be the number two or the number three in terms of the quote unquote totem pole, the hierarchy of leadership. But you also want to make sure that you're having connections with people. It's not just the information, um, but actually have an engaging conversation. Don't just throw facts at them. But share that and then receive whatever their thoughts might be as well. So it's great that you have a lot of information, but you don't always need to be independent. Dear fives, it's great to collaborate with others, have that engaging conversation, exchange thoughts and ideas, because someone's perspective might be able to help you grow your perspective as well. Now, the sixes are the next in terms of the head triad. They are known as the loyalist as well. Um, they have the backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. They, I will always say that sixes, when they have you, when they're on your team, they have your back no matter what, which is a really great thing in terms of loyalty in the long term of something. They have those strong bonds with the people that they are leading. But I want to um, encourage you to get outside of your head and having the backup plans and the assessments and your desire to latch on to someone, um, that you're not too scared to take a risk, that you're not too scared to take the leap. When you get outside of your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings, when you start to reach out and connect, you're going to be able to build a bridge that becomes stronger because there's more people holding you up as well. And so it's great to have that information and that knowledge um, to and the 17 contingency plans, but also recognizing that sometimes the risk is always worth it as well. And that's what entrepreneurship is, right? It's risking it all to get towards the bigger vision 
as well. Now the sevens, everyone likes to make fun of the sevens as leaders because they are big visionaries. They think outside the box. They're spontaneous. They don't really plan. They just wing it, but it always seems to work out for them. But here's the thing about having the seven, the optimist, the um, enthusiast on your team is that they are exciting and that excitement creates a company culture that keeps others hanging around. So you think about the sixes with the loyalty and the sevens with the excitement, the enthusiasm, the joy that you bring to work. Now that's a company culture where people do stay their entire career, um, that they're not going to be jumping ship after six months or after even you know, two years is because of the environment that was created. And so, yes, they have quote unquote, their head in the clouds with a lot of different ideas. Um, and you want to make sure that as a seven, that you can actually have some follow through to your thought. But I want to remind you and encourage you that your uh, laughter is infectious. And that's what creates the environment of having others want to keep showing up at work on a daily basis as well. So I gave that one backwards for the seven as a challenge, but at the same time, you you have a leadership that's innate um, and your vision is what people are buying into. So keep doing that. And that high morale is going to have others rally, rally around you. So the follow through does happen. Now we're moving on to our body triad. And so the eights, like I said, I'm an eight. We're known as the challengers. Um, but the thing is, at our healthiest, we become very protective. Uh, well, usually we're, it's a healthy thing that we're very protective of those that are in our inner circle. And so at the same time, though, we are willing to like be trailblazers, to knock down the trees and create a path for not only ourselves, but to bring others with us as well. So at our best, we're always not just going to be doing it in a selfish manner, but it's going to be creating a way for others to do it, to advocate for others. Now, eights get deemed as the natural leaders because of that protective instinct, because of that trailblazing mentality. However, it's really important that we do it in a way that our conversations and our tones are received properly. And so that's the challenge for most eights is that we have a very direct, sometimes harsh, seen as critical tone. And so being aware of that tone um, for me, I usually just tell people like, hey, I'm a straight shooter. And so they know not to be offended by how I say something, but to see my heart behind the message as well. That's the important thing. And so for that's the awareness side of knowing about your type, knowing your personality is that when you can say, hey, guys, this is how I show up in a space. Hey, team, this is how I lead, they're also going to be less offended and more receiving to how it is. And that's regardless of what your type is. Eights are very strategic. We have systems behind the systems. We are very honest, direct, bold, and we love to take action. Again, being a part of the body triad. So we're led by action, but also making sure that we don't become so controlling or demanding of others in the process that we don't look or get judgmental of people who are scared to take action, recognizing that they have their own reasons of why they're holding back or why they are where they are in a moment. And so realizing that not everyone's an eight, right? Which is a good thing. Um, but also, you know, finding that balance and being aware of seeking that balance. So as much as we want to guide, lead, and protect, that we're also bringing others forward and not bashing them for where they might be in the season as well. Then we move to our nines. Now nines get known as the peacemaker. Um, and a lot of people, again, kind of just think that nines are like pushovers because they desire peace and that's their core 
motive. But the good thing about a nine of being a leader is that they listen to their intuition. They are willing to hear everyone's perspective and find a common ground. Now, how important is it in a company culture, in a team environment, that we do have a neutral perspective, that everyone's voice gets to be heard? And having a leader that's going to listen to you is a really important thing because you are going to be a part of the decision-making process. You are going to be able to say, hey, this is that person's perspective and my perspective. Let's find a neutral place and that diplomatic leadership is what most governments desired when they created a democracy, right? When you think about that is that everyone gets to um, be heard and be included. When we talk about the push of diversity in the workforce, it's because everyone deserves a chance to win, to win, right? Everyone deserves a chance to win, to be a part of the team and nines are naturally going to respect others and find that neutral place. Now the challenge for a nine is that they don't, they do want to avoid conflict. They do want to accommodate a lot of people. And so nines, I challenge you to say, sometimes you just got to make the decision, right? You hear all the sides, but then you make a choice. Um, and your calmness, the, the calmness that you bring into a situation, don't let others mistake that for a lack of passion as well, because nines are actually very passionate and very willing to take action and lead. Um, so, you know, be direct about how you tell people like, hey, I might not be bouncing off the walls like a type seven, but that doesn't mean I'm not interested in the mission that we're bringing about today as well. So again, being clear in how you communicate what it is that you're thinking, um, how you're feeling, and what your choices are going to be in the process. And last, but absolutely not least, are the type ones. Now, ones are actually um, in addition to eights are also known as kind of the standard for leadership in a lot of ways. They are dependable, they are reliable, they know the details, they are always responsible because they're a perfectionist or an idealist, because I know they don't want to be called perfectionist, because they're an idealist and they see things as right or wrong, black or white, they are always going to push people towards a standard of excellence and they hold themselves towards a very high standard of excellence. So that's the epitome of a leader. When you think about type ones, you can think of pastors, lawyers, teachers, and how many of them are great leaders, right? And we want to follow them because of that standard of excellence, the moral character, the moral compass that they have as well. And when they do get into the deep stuff, they get very technical about it, very methodical about their system. So it's easy, easy for others to catch on to the plan that a one is um, leading or guiding in the process. And so ones, again, they lead by example because they have their own moral compass guiding them as well. They're very organized, they're consistent, they're very responsible as well. They have a natural desire to pay attention to the details, which some of us want to skip. But the challenge for a one is that they can be very critical of others. And so recognizing that just because someone's opinion is different from yours, it may not always be wrong. And so finding a way to kind of find balance or flexibility as well, to lean into one of your wings, right? Because the nine is avo conflict avoidant. And then the two is, you know, really um, 
about relationships and supporting others and so finding a balance using your wing types and that's advice for everyone as well so a few tips regardless of what your enneagram type is again if you don't know your core enneagram number go ahead to the link in the show notes and take that truity assessment it's completely free to get started and find out your core type but you can always pay for the extended breakdown or you can choose to do a becoming ceo intensive with me so we'll dig into your enneagram type how it affects you as a leader and how you're going to to build a strategic team as well as you continue to grow your business. Whether in person or online, you still deserve to be an effective leader in however you're showing up in this world. And then I also want to encourage you, so one, gain self-awareness by knowing your type, knowing how you respond, what are the strengths of your leadership, what are the challenges that you face based on your personality type, and then choose how you're going to develop yourself as a leader. What are the ways that I can improve the the way that I'm showing up in this world, in this space, and making it always a better place? Recognizing how you're going to communicate with others, whether you need to give them like a, a disclaimer on your type, hey, this is who I am, this is how I show up. It's not an excuse now, it's helping them to understand and cl- create clear expectations so that you can both interact comfortably. And then the next thing further is as a leader, if you are running a team, if you are, um, whether you're mid-level management as at a corporation or you are the CEO of your business, again, online or in-person product or service base, recognizing who you are as a leader, go a step further and learn about your team's Enneagram type. Learn about how they would show up as their leaders because a true leader is not just going to be effective in and of themselves. They're going to develop others into becoming the best versions of themselves to become the best leaders that they can be as well. So step out of your comfort zone, get to know other people, figure out ways to balance communication. There is more and more insight coming out about the Enneagram in the workplace and leadership environments. But if you're curious to how you're going to relate to a team member, you can always look at what the Enneagram looks like in dating marriage type of relationships because a two is a two, whether it's personal or professional. A six is a six, whether it's personal or professional. And so you can look at those marriage um, groupings and pairings and you can also see how that's going how you're going to relate to your colleagues because let's be honest especially when we're all back in an office environment or you're working a standard work schedule you spend more time at quote unquote work let's just be honest again if you even if you work 20 hours a week in your business you're spending a, if your partner is also you know an entrepreneur that might look differently but if they have a standard 9 to 5 and you're an entrepreneur again you're spending more time at work than you are um at home with your life partners and so you want to be really strategic about the team that you're placing yourself in the team that you're building and how you're going to show up and communicate effectively with others. And so the Enneagram is really important as you grow yourself as a leader, because once you know yourself, then you can grow your team and you'll be able to lead them effectively as well. So I hope you enjoyed this. I'm going to be coming up with some more Enneagram in business resources. So this one being in leadership, I'll do one um, perfectly on team building. I'll do another one that's focused on sales. Um, And if you go all the way back, I think it's like episode three, it's just like productivity strategies based on your Enneagram type as well. So there's a lot of resources on the Enneagram 
on social media, but I'll be doing some more on this podcast specifically as well. I hope you all have a great week and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. I would also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock lasting success. For my entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that there are limited spots each month for VIP strategy days. Inside this intensive, I'm going to show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in this industry. Learn more at keycoach.com slash VIP. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.